Hello and welcome everyone to the Reverend Hunter podcast. This is Tony Jones, the Reverend Hunter, joined as always by the Salah to my Indiana Jones, Brandon. How's it going, Tony? I love Indiana Jones. Such a fun movie. And Salah, uh, he's, he's this very straight, you know, asps, very dangerous. This is a quote from Salah the the sidekick who always met Indy when Indy landed in the Middle East, you know? Yeah, I wish I was as well-spoken as he is. He's pretty funny. He's a man of few words, but um, funny nonetheless, just like you, a man of few words, funny nonetheless. Well, I appreciate that. That's that's not a bad comparison, and I'll go with it. Hey, man, um, Autumn, we're recording this as Autumn arrives. Like, today is one of those rare days in Minnesota where – the warmest temperature of the day was midnight and it's going to be dropping all day as the humidity moves out. Well, it's funny. The humidity is moving out, but rain is moving in and a cold front, uh, which for those of us who waterfowl hunt, this is good news. It moves the ducks and geese around. That's what we want. How about you? Do yeah, you want no, the I'm, rain? I'm, Do you want the cold rain? You know, I don't want the cold rain, but I am actually standing right next to an open window, and I'm enjoying the cool breezes blowing in this yeah. morning. It It is pretty nice, but no, no, I mean, I don't hunt. It doesn't matter to me. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, you hunt. Oh, that's true. That's true. I've attempted. That we counts. just, I just saw um, posted online today from Pheasants Forever, the Minnesota pheasant outlook and i looked at you know some spots out west in minnesota and it won't be long before i ping our buddies from the flush podcast our sister podcast here on the talk north podcast network and uh, we get them out with you to get your you've spent a lot of money on hunting licenses for having never even fired at a bird yeah, it's 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 I consider it donating to the conservation cause more nice. than anything. Well, you are doing that. And when you do finally hit that first pheasant, that's gonna be a golden pheasant. So you're I mean, saying, by the way, you you marked some good slews on the map, right? Well, we're gonna try to <laughs> we're gonna try to avoid the slews that have ankle deep water okay. in them because pheasants uh don't really like water. I, I mean, they water like, birds, turns no, out. they like drinking a little bit of water, but then they, they move to dry ground. That's what they like. So we'll get you out there. Um, I'm hoping to go goose hunting this weekend with a friend of the podcast, Kang Yang. Oh, sure. Everybody should follow Kang on social media. He posted from last weekend a whole bunch of geese that he shot with his buddy uh, and I immediately texted him and said, how about you and I go out next weekend? (laughs) Because the great thing about Kang, one of the things I love about Kang is, man, he scouts. He really scouts, and that's uh, such a valuable asset, and I often don't scout, and which means I get to places and there's no birds. Well, and if anyone wants to look back that there is an episode with Kang, it's a really cool episode. He's got a great story on how Mm -hmm. he got into hunting and everything like that, which is relatable for people that – didn't grow up hunting, but got into it later on in life, kind of on their own. Yeah. And King is the cover boy on the Minnesota DNR fall hunting regulations booklet this year. Oh, wow. It's Yeah, it's his picture on the cover, man. It's it's pretty it's pretty cool. So, so co- yeah. we, we have a cover model that's been on our show these days. <laughs> exactly. That's amazing. Exactly. Uh, yeah. And so let's see. Since we last talked, I have been to the boundary waters led a trip up there to the bwca had a 
absolutely great time. There were six of us, which I think is the perfect size group. Three canoes uh, had to leave Crosby at home because he was a bit under the weather. So he did not make the trip, which was sad for me. But uh, my son did get to go because one of the pastors on the trip had to cancel uh, due to a family situation. So Aiden went. Uh, that's his third trip to the Boundary Waters. And man, we just had a great time. So that was super cool. And then in a couple of weeks, I'm leading a trip in Italy and I leave um, Friday of the week that this podcast releases for a 10 day tour of Italy with some writers, a writer's retreat and conference. So yeah, some good stuff cooking. Then I come back and hunting season is in full swing. It's that perfect time of year for you. You really get you know the best of life. Man, autumn is autumn is where it's at for me. Speaking uh, of the boundary yeah, waters, yeah. by the way, what about our guests coming up? We have a guest that speaks about the boundary waters a little Man, bit. Man, yeah, Suge Emery. Sean Emery is our guest, and I appreciate you coming over, Brandon, to the house. And Sean's one of these guys. Man, he is just electric and in conversation. I mean, that guy... I thought to myself earlier that day before you fellows came over, uh, how much should I prepare for this interview? Should I watch? No, I'm like, I know the deal. I just have to ask Suge like one question and off we go off to the races. Yeah. All you had to do basically was just clear a spot of furniture, like make an open space so he could get physically involved in the conversation. He does stand up a couple times in the podcast and, and like act stuff out. And I'm like, dude, we are, you know, we are on an audio podcast and he talked to you a couple times and you did not have a mic. So maybe listeners will be able to hear you like through some bleed through our mics, I guess. But you were there, and Suge did talk directly to you, and, and that's just another fun part of, of him. You know, Sean Emery, he's been on the podcast before. He was one of my early guests. I believe it might be the most downloaded episode of, uh, of my podcast ever, or it's, it's in the top three for sure. He, for many, many, he was a Ringling Brothers, uh, Barnum and Bailey circus clown. He went to circus college. Um, I mean, sorry, sorry, clown college. Uh, did that for many years, worked in the entertainment industry as a juggler and, a you know, he's kind of a comic juggler, uh, l- hilarious guy. And, you know, he worked cruises and worked uh, industry events, etc. But I got to know him during his 29 year run at the Minnesota State Fair on the family stage twice a day, 12 days for 29 years. This guy um, did his. 30-minute act with juggling, unicycling, Pratt Falls. Uh, I mean, making fun of the audience, which we talk about a little bit. He, the stoicism of, of Scandinavian Minnesotans, he always had a good time with that. Um, so he has retired from that. That's what's changed since the last time he was on the podcast. He has retired from that part of his life. Uh, he's 64, 10 years older than me, and he now... It is a YouTube star. He's passed 100,000 subscribers on his YouTube channel. We talk about that. But he's a hammock camper. He's had a couple videos where he does winter camping that have had huge numbers. But all of his videos get big numbers, whether it's his goofy Halloween videos, whether it's uh, a trip report from him uh, hiking a trail, or whether it's him doing some how-to stuff on, on hammock camping, which he's just like one of the world experts on hammock camping. 
they're all great. What I really wanted to talk to him about and what we get to is he has recently taken up canoeing. And this is new for him because he'd been a hiker. And I remember asking him before, oh, you should try canoeing. You love the boundary waters so much. It's just a whole different way to see the boundary waters on, on, the, on the lakes and through the portages rather than hiking a trail that goes alongside them. And since, so since we talked, he's gotten into that. He's, he's posted some videos on his canoe trips. And that's what I really wanted to talk to him about. And man, what a bundle of energy that guy is. Yeah, it's so much fun to be in the same room with him and having a conversation. I, I left the room having more energy than I came into it with. Yeah, yeah, he's super fun. So you're going to love this interview with him. It It's awesome. Uh, and I will post his li- the link to his YouTube channel. I'll also post a link to the, uh, the profile I wrote of him in the Minneapolis Star Tribune several years ago, uh, kind of introducing him and, and gives you a little bit of background on him. Uh, and look, Brandon, remember, bring Grain Belt to the outdoors this fall. Bring Grain Belt with their limited edition premium hunting season pack. And you can even go to grainbelt.com slash hunting dash trip and you can enter uh, to win a hunting trip for two at Brown's Hunting Lodge. So look for a premium 12 and 24 pack limited edition hunting season grain belt beer. Thanks to them for sponsoring this podcast of Reverend Hunter. As always, please like, subscribe, give us a good review, tell your friends about it. If you want to sponsor the podcast, let us know. And here is my conversation with my dear friend, YouTube star, hiker, paddler, and hammock camper, Sean, a.k.a. Shug Emery, Woo Buddy. Do you miss it? I, I don't miss it. I don't miss being on the road. I, I think I got to a point in life, my wife used to always say, you need that applause. you got to have it or you'll crack. And it's not true anymore. Hmm. You know, I can get a little cyber feedback from YouTube, but I don't miss... Um, the practice of being a juggler and a unicyclist and, and all the things I had to practice to kind of get out yeah. to do a show. And corporate shows got to be my least favorite. They pay the best, mm. but it was just like somebody was waiting for you to say or do something wrong so they could come after you. You know, today's sort of yeah. the culture yeah. of today is like, let's look for the bad things rather than cool. Well, it's interesting because I wonder how you would have, uh, at the fair, we've t- we talked about this the last time you were on, um, you worked the crowd. Oh, yeah, well, it was insulting. I mean, there was a little Don Ricklesy, like you made fun well, of Minnesota. You know, milk, we, milk we don't toast say insulting. I think Minnesotans take it as insult because you're going at them. You're like I'm yeah. playing them. You were being sarcastic, like thanks for the applause when there'd just be like when there's nothing. No, and it's like being a street performer. So when I moved here, that was my strength. Going, none of the other acts here work the crowd. Yeah, they you just did. put the show in and they go, hey, sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Well, they, they a lot. Uh, look, it's got to be for people who do a show uh, twice a day for twelve days, and that was your last fair of a run of summer fairs every year. There's there are people on autopilot. Sometimes. But you you weren't you were never on autopilot. I like when I kind of scared them when they come up going, <laughs> man, we we you know we were supposed to leave like uh, twenty minutes ago, but we were scared to get up and leave. And I'm going, good. I want to put that kind of as a juggler, yeah. we have no power. Yeah. We're going magicians and ventriloquists are more popular than us. 
You know, so my power is while you're in that audience, I own you for 30 minutes. And you can't just get up and leave in a huff, and I got to take that. And I've had that happen. Sure. And, you know, you hate to see it happen, but you go, all right, I'm, I, I just walk part of the crowd, and that's, you can't please everybody yeah. Yeah. all the time. And some people are just, they're waiting to do that. When you were a younger performer, was that harder for you to, to be okay with not being able to please everybody, not making everybody laugh? Or were, um, did you always know that was part of performing? When you're first starting, you're so, you know, it's, it's like being a sound guy or, or your first time being a, in, in front of a congregation at church. You don't care because you're there. You mm -hmm. don't even know what you're doing right or wrong. You just are living through it, you know, and at the end, you just can't wait to go, I was great because most of them were still there after. It's that thing. It's like, uh, you know, one of these... I think they call them euphorisms or something that we had to answer in our clown college application. And one was familiarity breeds contempt. Mm -hmm. And that was the one I struggled with to answer. I had to really fudge my way through that one. And it wasn't until uh, after three years on Ringling Brothers and Barnum and Bailey Circus that I knew what that meant. You're just, you're just walking by the elephants without looking. You know, you're just... Marguerite Michelle is out doing her hair hangout. She's dangling by her hair, spinning and juggling, and you're just walking by without a glance. That's familiarity. Because you, you've lost your sense of awe at, you, at something it. that used to be make you be like dumbstruck. And well, there's a woman hanging from her hair. Yeah, you, it's part of your day now. It's yeah. just you know, it's just it's regular. They bring you the newest soundboard in the world. Your, your first thought will probably be, now I got to learn this stuff. <laughs> Brandon, <laughs> there's nodding. a lot more pots and dials. You know, it's like. Yeah. That's just being in the business. That's being um, that's being experienced. And yes, um, you kind of know what you can do with an audience. Going at the risk of losing a couple of them, I may win more of them. And yeah. for me, it was always that constant balancing act of getting out there, going, "Okay, I can't ignore them." Because my thing was always going, "If you're paying attention to an audience in that moment, they'll more than likely be with you." Because I could just sense that some people, because my sign at the state fair just said Sean Emery. Yeah. You know, and sometimes people, I could see people look at the site going, what, what is a scene, Emory? And sometimes I walk by going, <laughs> it's kind of a morose opera. Which sort of what? Do you and, know? Do you know? And uh, you can see them, they see the juggling stuff and you can tell they're appalled. So I got 30 seconds to kind of win them. Sure. And that's when you're juggling, you just stop going, what should I sing you a song? You know, you just put the juggling away and go at them. Yeah, and now you're yeah. engaging them, going, yeah. all right, you got two choices here. I'll juggle through the whole thing. You can sit there quietly. No jokes. And I'm not just backing off because I got a wall behind me I can't run behind. I, I contracted to be out here for 30 minutes, you know, so I have to stay to earn my money. So this is, it's on. Yeah. You know. Yeah. You, you, can you guess why my family always went to your, uh, the first show of the day? Uh, just to get it over with. No, no. <laughs> Just move it out. Well, we can check that one off. Because the sign language interpreter oh, was there. True, and that was true. always just a fun little, uh, that was just another little thing for you to poke fun at. And because halfway through your show, they'd swap out sign interpreters. They tag so you'd always have a fun, like when one was leaving, you'd be sure to poke a little fun at that it, one. It was fun for me because you, know, it's, it's, you get on stage and I become a little bit hypervigilant. And I may be hypervigilant in general somewhat to things yeah. around me, you know, just input. But I get on stage, and it's like, uh, like right now with this Boundary Waters map in front of me, without my reading glasses on, 
I can't see what's going on. But when yeah. I am on stage, yeah. I have grabbed newspapers mm. and programs from people and read it without my glasses. It's like something happens, hmm. you know. It's probably for, like a sound guy, your moment's probably when things are going the worst. You're on, man, and you're trying to fix it. So you were, like, super alive. You know, and when it's going well, I could see my sound guy at the fair. Like, he knew my sound was easy. I said, just... All I'm asking is when I come out and that mic, you know, I'll turn on my own mic right before the show because I'm mm -hmm. used to it. Mm -hmm. So it'll be off. You know, I'll do a little. Just have it on because I'll turn it on because there's nothing worse than you come out. And <laughs> your, your mic's not on. That's the right. worst. Yeah. You know, it's like yeah. you came out with your zipper down. Oh, no, I've said, started that, sermons I where. Said, That's all yeah. I ask. No, no, yeah. I don't care about tone. I don't even really need monitors because I'm just talking. I don't want to hear me. I'm loud. Yeah. Um, so it's just like, well, just get the monitors kind of low, and if I have something on the mandolin, you know, I know to give you the, like, you know, I'll just, after the show, I'll just say it. I'll just live with it here going, oh, could I get a little more, could I get a reverb, reverb? <laughs> you know, don't, don't panic the sound guy when you've never asked yeah. him for anything, and suddenly now you got all ASCII. Just ride it out, <laughs> and afterwards going, hey, could you get, just give me a little, little bit more monitor, or take that high end out? And I just, that's because I'm lazy. I just live with it. It was like what Jethro Burns, the great mandolin player, said. He was like going, I don't care about tone. I just want him to hear me. Mm, mm -hmm, you know. Mm -hmm. Now, when when I okay, when I first came to your fun house and w I wrote up. Uh, Thanks for putting it that way. And, and freak show, fun house. <laughs> put put we did a little <laughs> freak house. we did a little story in the Star Tribune. Yeah, that was introducing your. YouTube persona to a lot of people probably in the Twin Cities who'd seen you at the that fair for That was the 2018. Years. That was probably about then. Because so I just had the shoulder surgery. That's right. And it was that thing in the paper where there was, and there this was a This is Shug's World, and Courtney took your photo in a yes. hammock in yep. your backyard. Um, it's been a while, you, it? Yeah, that was the first time we met. and Well, we'd met at the fair, and I can show you pictures right. of my little kids and you sweaty. You, you, you showed yeah, putting your through arms the ages. Sweaty, sweaty kids. Right, let me tell you um, one thing, though, about that. I've had, <laughs> in these last few years while I was still at the fair, I'd have like a 37-year-old guy yeah. come up dragging his kids and go, Hey, dude, my parents always drug me in here to see you, and now I drag my kids. <laughs> Great show, and walk off. And to me, that was my favorite That's kind of awesome. compliment. Yeah. Not taking up my time. It was almost on the verge of disrespectful, <laughs> but it was so true. Because in the meet and greet after, the kid parents, hey, go up there and take a picture with Sean Emery. And the one time, a little girl goes, he's sweaty, Dad, and you're the one that likes him, not us. <laughs> and I went, I went, here's my phone. I want a picture with her for that brutal honesty. That was so nice, you know. So you, you, okay, Right before COVID, you you were going to retire from juggling at the fair for doing your show, but you were still going to MC the COVID. COVID pushed it. I had been talking about uh -huh. retiring. Uh -huh. Ask my wife Meg, and she'll go. You've been talking about it for years now, and some of it was staying. You know, as a you know, I call myself my, my root in show business is I was a circus clown, then you leave, there's no respect for clowns. Hmm. So you call yourself a comedy juggler. Okay. Or you know, sometimes, an entertainer. And people <laughs> go, what does that mean, dude? Like you're a hypnotist? No, I'm the hypocrite. I love when people go, Do you, are, you the hip, are you the hypnotist? No, I'm the hypocrite. What time are you on? Five o'clock. <laughs> and, and you'd have to just button your lips going, they totally didn't get it. Yeah, that, right. No. Um, so as a juggler, you know, one thing you realize you, you like doing it because you didn't have fans. No mm. one is a fan of the juggler. <laughs> you know, it's kind of like you look at you look at the Vikings. No one's really rushing up to meet the left guard. 
yeah. after a game. If you happen to, you go, okay, I guess you're the guy I ran into. You know, they want the wide out. You know, they want the running back. They want the corner. But, you know, it, it's just the truth. So we, I always used to say, as a juggler, you're kind of, we're kind of the left guard. <laughs> Defensive tackle, maybe, but that yeah. might be a little pompous. We're yeah. pretty much an offensive lineman. You know, we get the Super Bowl ring. We just get to go home first. Yeah. While all the other guys are being interviewed, we're home with our They family. weren't giving you the, the, a grandstand show. No, so they weren't saying, someday you might make it onto the grandstand. No, so all these years yeah. at the fair, and there's two things. Number one is I would stay in showbiz forever if, if it was like the Minnesota State Fair where I go out there mm -hmm. and there was a crowd waiting for you. Like I had the place full every time. I know. I was there. It was, we'd get there early to get seats near the front, man. It was I, – I, I know there – there are innumerable people in this state who would say this, but your show was such a big part of the fair for us. But I think what like, it is... Like, our schedule at the fair centered around, when are we going to see Sean? It really wasn't... I, I never thought it was me. I was always uncomfortable with it. Because I go, why would someone come see me more than twice? Well, I started to realize that Minnesotans are wired a little differently. Because the Minnesota State Fair is a different fair. It it's is. almost like yeah. a strange gated community hmm. more than a fair well it's like people eat the same food every they year do. and it's the only time they see a cow and you know and, and, and they go see a juggler and i used to say on stage <laughs> i go it's like the country folks get to come watch the city folks watch a cow poop <laughs> you know look at them all they got are cats and dogs <laughs> they're amazed <laughs> you know and you know it's just uh and as i got to know people there was I always remember this family from sleepy eye one time i met them and they go we all well this this group that talked to me said, we're from Sleepy Eye. We have cousins from all over Minnesota and family in South Dakota. We all meet at your 1230 show and watch it. And then we go, like these cousins want to go to the Midway. And this, we like to go eat. We like to go to the art thing. We just like to sit and watch people. They all go do their day at the fair. And then they reconvene at my five. Oh, gosh. And then they're just dead-eyed, feet up. <laughs> the women wearing, you know, shoes that were totally not sensible. Right. And they're still there for it. But they're just like a lot of five o'clock people going, we've been here since six. <laughs> I mean, we're watching, and there's always a few people. It's like at the a five. place to sit down in the shade. Yeah, it's the people that just got there at five. Going, this guy's great, huh? And they're just being pushed down by the crowd. Calm yeah. down. We were here for his twelve thirty. He's not as good at five. <laughs> I'm going. Hey, I'm tired. And there's too. no sign language interpreter. <laughs> no, I, I'm tired too. I did a twelve thirty. I announced the predator been here all day, getting the life sucked out of me. Uh, and you know, it's just kind of this interesting thing. But I realized with Minnesotans that more than any other fair and more than any other state are these. Creatures of tradition. Yeah. And, and if they went to the fair once and they went and had the key lime high on a stick by the space needle, they happened to just see some seats looking for Machinery Hill and sat down at my stage, because it was my stage. And yes, it was. And just kind of wanting to rest. And then I come on and they're kind of going, oh, God. Guy's loud. That's why sometimes I come on real hard certain days when I could see the crowd glossing over. Go, I'm just going to turn my back on you here for a second, give you all a chance to leave. And I would just, <laughs> <laughs> and you just see a few people would go. They would take that opportunity to grab their bags and scurry, <laughs> and then I would run off and chase them. And they turn around to see the stage, and I'm standing right by them because my mic is still picking right, up. Right. So you know, um, so, I think it's just it was tradition more than anything, yeah. and I became part of their thing because the only thing I can is my semi-brag is no matter what my show was or what I did, I actually tried every show to connect in that moment. Mm -hmm. If it was hot, 
bring that into it. Yeah. If it's cold, bring it into it. If it's rain, you know, whatever is happening or not happening, bring that in because if you pay attention to an audience, they'll kind of go on the ride with you, mm-hmm. even if they don't like jugglers. And that would be my compliment from usually um, the, um, the fairer gender would come up and go, I don't like jugglers, and I really enjoyed you. <laughs> <laughs> Which is a funny compliment, but I, it was like, okay, here's yeah. 2018. It was one of my last shows. It was yeah. day one, and there's the day one people. They come to the oh, yeah. fair on the first day, and they come to see my first show. And a woman, I finished the show, doing my little meet and greet, and this woman, she's kind of brassy and sassy, comes up and goes, Sean, you always ask why we keep coming. All right, here's why. Number one, we know you hate yourself, and we love that about you. <laughs> I was going, you so get me. <laughs> and she said, but she said, we just come for the essence of you. And she said it as simply as that, and I got kind of warm all over, and I said, Mm. I will accept that. I can't view it that way, but I get that because there's other things I go do, and I'm going, it's for the essence, you know, of the moment. Yeah. And... Well, that's that's great. That's beautiful and a great segue into into Suge, from Sean the juggler into Suge the YouTuber. Yes. And and it... it, it, You know, I am the same guy. <laughs> I do know that, but I remember. I actually remember. First of all, we talked about this last time, but we go way back to like watching you inside that sauna, oh, yeah. wherever in the, the education building or whatever. That was brutal, and I don't even know how people found you. And then we I went don't out, either. put the Baldwin family stage, and then when they put up the 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 canvas, you know, the the the, the, the tarp over the shade, the huge shade. Which was that was my suggestion. Game changer. Game changer. Because they cut those trees down, and I'd see people <laughs> just in the sun. They had, so like, this weird dolphin netting for a while, and I went down and said, so that does hot. nothing. So I always remember hot. a man came and watched me. He came back and apologized once after a show. He said, Sean, I just wanted to apologize for uh, moving, but I was sitting in the sun, and my denims were on fire. You ever been <laughs> sitting denims. in the sun in a pair of blue jeans, and you're going, my thigh is really burning. And I, I just thought it was nice he apologized, and I went down and said, you're paying good money for us. The yeah. people are too uncomfortable to sit there since Dutch Elm took out a few of these trees. You've got to do something. Yeah. Because, you know, we're rocking up at that stage. We're bringing people in. So, And they yeah. did. So they went and they put yeah, that whole thing Yeah, that was a game up. changer. So your essence. So let's talk about your essence on YouTube. And I think it's kind of the same As an there. outdoorsman. And I want, I want to get into canoeing. But, yeah, I do too. Um, let's talk just about... How do you, as, as somebody who came up in show business long before there was social media or even an internet, how have you made that transition? To be, look, there's a ton, there are tons of people making YouTube videos about hiking. There are, especially now. But some connect and get an audience. And yours did from the beginning, and it's only grown and I wonder what what's the magic? I mean, not that you have to give away your trade secret, but there must be some something that you knew about connecting with people that you're able to do through a camera in the same way you did I on think the stage. It's try to help them with helping them with hammocks and not come off as a know-it-all. Mm. You know, just don't be a know-it-all. Everybody hates a know-it-all. So if you can come off being, and I was I was way clownier in the beginning because I didn't have a YouTube audience because I was just using YouTube to copy the clip and get it on a forum I was on. And I'm still on, hammock forums. So my daughter said, yeah, Dad, you have to start a YouTube channel, copy the clip, and then embed it into a forum. 
and it'll come up. And then in time, you know, the YouTube audience started growing. And I never asked people to subscribe, or which is now part of the YouTube culture, is ask, you know, check that notification bell, subscribe, and give me a thumbs up. And too many people do it when it's 20 seconds into the video going, let me get a chance to see if you're even any good. Mm -hmm. I still don't do it. I don't have the self-esteem to do it. And I made it this far with my, got my 100,000 subscribers mm -hmm. last year. Mm -hmm. And I don't know what the essence is. I just think it's people are bored or I think it, maybe it's just a different take. And for all the people that do like it, once in a while I get someone that just tells me, I'd really like to get to your info, but you know, you act like a third grade teacher. And it's, that's fair enough. You know. Some, oh, gosh. I go, you know, it's, fine. it's true. I'll admit it. Okay, but I think it's something more than just. I think it's. I think people feel like they see inside you a little bit. Maybe when you're talking. I mean, it, it's something to say. Like, let me show you how the hammock works. The ones. I mean, I watch those or kind of scrub through them or whatever. Because I'm not a hammock camper. I'd love to be. I'd love to be. And it's like. Got to be my next. And big that was my first point was to help people with yeah. hammocks. Yeah. I saw the straw. I saw the struggle. And I needed to help. And I really did. I was just like, yeah. you know, it came natural. It was intuitive to me, but I see so many people that f struggle with it. So this is one thing. I mean, who would have ever thought YouTube Muse would be this little cloth sack that hangs between trees? Right. So I had a thing to hang on to. And then it sort of became what people would call infotainment. And even when I was real clowny in the beginning, well, I was real clowny in my life then. Mm -hmm. You know? Okay. And now it's... I do it a little bit less now because I do it less in life. That's what I'm wondering. So do you, I mean, back to 2018, when I was in your Freak Show Funhouse, you were, I mean, man, you were still doing your juggling drills 30 minutes first thing every day. Every day. Do you no longer do that? I juggle once a week. I grab five balls. And I'll tell you what, I am better with five balls now than I ever was because I don't have to Pressure's care. Pressure's off, yeah. I don't have to care. But I feel like... Part of it is when I'm throwing, I'm going, you know, I, I could go back to I do hat track. I, I've still got it all. It sure. doesn't go away. Sure. But that's not what I want to use as a tool on stage anymore. I feel like maybe I've, uh, I'm kind of a late bloomer on everything. And I go, maybe I'm just noticing more issues in the world and things and the way the, uh, cancel culture and people just kind of waiting to get you right now because they have all this, you know, social media. And they can put it right out. Mm -hmm. And when I started YouTube in 27, uh, 2007, there wasn't as many YouTubers. There weren't as many people doing the camping and hiking. So that whole, um, you know, all the algorithms and the whole culture. I mean, I would not start YouTube now if I was going to be new because it's... Too hard to break in. It's, there's so many people doing it. Yeah. Now they're going, you should do the shorts. Do the shorts. You just, you're funny in like 20 seconds. And I'm going, I, I don't even... What? Yeah. Um, I, I can't do a hammock video in 20 seconds. So, you know, it's part of that thing going, well, I'm just this old boomer hanging out in there now. I'm just, you know, I'm just having time and just keep on going. And, uh, you know, I'll be the Judy Garland of hammocks, <laughs> I suppose, or the, the Elvis. Okay, boomer. Yeah. <laughs> right. Because you, you, you've continued to make 30-minute videos. I'm sure that YouTube conventional wisdom is now four-minute videos or something. You it, know? That's why they have the shorts. And the shorts are even less. But yeah, like on like a trip report... I know from some viewers will watch uh, along. A, a, a trip report just lays out, you yeah. know. And I try to be a little more succinct, even like this seven-day canoe trip I did. I try to just be a little more succinct 
when I spoke into the camera. Don't drag it out and start just rambling about stuff because I know in editing I got to go, what am I? That's not even interesting to anybody. Mm. That's like me doing therapy. Cut. That's out of there. You know, that's got to go. It's me talking about the world or climate change or whatever. And then I listen to myself going, what was I saying there? Do I believe in it or not? It's kind of going, yeah, we were under glaciers before. It's not nothing new, but, you know, we could do better. And then it's like, okay, you have too many mixed messages in there. So I listen to it and go, all right, I'm being truthful to myself, so I need to listen to what I say. And what are my thoughts on it? Still, still developing. You yeah, know, yeah, yeah, a yeah. little bit. And but you, you are, you are for sure. I mean, it's it's interesting for you to say that. It, you're less goofy. I mean, you do less like voices and silly stuff on your videos. I, I now. do a, a little bit. A, a little bit goes a long way yeah. because I think we're in the culture of truthfulness now. Uh-huh. It's like look at comedy. Look at comedians. There's no joke joke comics anymore. Not it's really. not joke jokes. It's going up and telling. If you go to a comedy workshop, they'll go, the most, the, the most horrible thing about yourself you can think of, that's what you need to go tell on stage. It's more like... Yeah, like you think about one, maybe one of the biggest stand-up bits in the last 10 years was when, when Tig Notaro talked about having cancer right. and her double mastectomy and stuff, and that thing just blew up. And, and you're, you're doing it with a yeah. sense of lightness, but it's also a heavy... You know, you can get your comedy, but I rarely watch comics anymore and laugh. Unless it's Brian Regan or Jim Gaffigan still makes me laugh. But even he's taken a dark turn. Yeah. You know, so uh, part of the YouTube thing is that. Part of it is it's just you you change, you know, you you change a little bit. It's like uh, sometimes I just want to pop in little bits. I'll save them for the end, but I don't want to waste my time doing it because while I'm out there, I'm going, I just want to be in the moment and be truthful um, because a lot of my people have said, I just like it sometimes when you're doing breakfast from the hammock and you're talking and you're just you're not pushing it. You're just you're just talking to us. That is, those are really some of the most beautiful moments in your videos. Is breakfast in the hammock? It's the easiest time to talk. The coffee is on. You pull out a bar or something like you. You know what you the know, hardest you talk time about to how talk well is? you slept. You know the hardest time to talk is when you first get on trail and you're trying to push this thing. Going here I am on the kick of Kopic hiking. You know, and I know I'm not going to keep the take. You just got to start doing takes oh. to get it down. And then you know it's just like I'll just show a couple of B-roll things where maybe I'm walking and say one or two little things. Get through the night. Maybe show a little dinner and then let breakfast in the hammock be sort of my first little. Mm chat because it's more real i've slept through the night i'm there yeah i've calmed down i'm in the woods and uh are you ever doing one of those talks to the camera when you're on a trail and you turn around to bend and you're being loud and silly and then there's other people oh, yeah. walking straight toward you oh yeah and he's just like uh well even on this sorry. last tech trip i'm walking up <laughs> and i'm just getting out of all the tough part and I just passed this guy sort of day hiking in, and we talked for like five minutes. And then there's this woman with pig, blonde pigtails up there, and she looks right down at me. She's kind of up, up on the trail, and she said, you're a clown, aren't you? <laughs> and she watches my YouTubes. Her name oh, was Anna, and she's okay. out doing a solo hike. And she said, I knew we'd meet on the trail someday. Wow. You know, and we, had, we talked for about 10 minutes, and she was going on, and she's like a, was a uh, you know, professional athlete, a handball player, and, you wow. know, really just like... Um, Goes, you know, she said, I'm a real introvert and I like going alone. I kind of went with this woman's group on the Superior Hiking Trail to kind of break out of my shell. And she went, So, you know, it's a kind of a thing like I keep going. It's kind of like retiring. I don't know how much longer I'm going to do YouTube hmm. um, because I'm 
64, and I don't do as many hammock learning videos anymore because I've covered everything. You covered everything. I just bring them back out and send them. Yeah. I just save them now like a deck of cards. When someone has a question, I just send them the send link. It might be from 2014, but it answers the question. And I've kind of lost my interest in doing that because I'm sort of set in my ways, you know. And now it's more about um, learning the fine art of canoeing and just... Uh, yeah, what? Okay. I, I, when, we, when I last had you on, I kind of pressed you on, like, you should canoe in the Boundary Waters. You're always hiking the Border Route Trail and stuff. And you're like, maybe someday, you know, but I'm a hiker. And then all of a sudden I see, there he is. He's on his lake in front of his house Practicing, practicing, <laughs> practicing in a two-man two canoe seated backwards. Yeah, right. yeah. I did the it. J, yeah, and the yeah, the C and the J. I went through the pandemic. I watched so many canoe videos, mm. and most of them are the Canadian canoers. And I learned one time. I asked, well, why, "Why are Canadians always canoeing?" They go, "We don't have that many hiking trails. We have a lot of water. We don't have tons of hiking trails." And you know, I'd hiked snowbank disappointment the cac the sioux hustler the angle worm you know powwow back in the days i want to go back up and do that pretty soon and see what that's like and all those trails so many times multiple times that i'm going i could see a lot more uh, you know and i'm watching these canoers going man they are really making pancakes every morning it's true it we is do. true we do make pancakes and every i could morning. as a backpacker but it's a pain yeah you know, it's, it's funny. It's funny because I, I guide trips now in the Boundary Waters every year, and people come packed for hiking, and I'm like, we're not hiking. It, weight doesn't really matter that much. Not so much. What I'm, matters is space. Yes. In in that in the Duluth pack, the, the real estate quote, quote, in the yeah. pack. Yep. And and it sits low in the canoe, and you eat a lot of food, and then you poop it out in the biffy, and you're lighter the next day. That's right. And, you know, and the, and the portages, uh, the portages, the, to me, I call them shortages when they're really short, yeah. but I'm going, it's just a little mini backpacking trip. So as a backpacker, even the long portages for me are kind of fun. Sure. And I'm double portaging them, because I tried doing the single portage, went, ah, it's not fun. So I just, you know, and this last one I was on, I rented a canoe at Rockwood, so it was one of the uh, uh, Kevlar. You know, so light. Sort of, and a one-man canoe. Yeah, one man. So I just so, pick it up. You know, That's I kinda, like probably less than 30 it was, pounds. Yeah, it was less than 30. But I had like a fish. You got a couple of things strapped on. So I'd say yeah. 29, 30 pounds. Lift it off, take it across, put it down in the water and tie it off. Or if there was a really nice soft spot, put it down because mm -hmm. it's the wet foot canoe. Yep. And then go back and get my pack, um, my backpack and my paddle or something. And I just carry my food bag with the uh, canoe. It, it's like sort of two little loads, and no matter okay. what the walk is, I'm going, kind of enjoy the walk. Maybe it's, one of them was, you know, probably, uh, maybe, was it 200 yards? It was the one to Missing Link uh, from Round Lake. Kind of long, not really. Everybody's mm -hmm. talking about how long it was. Going, mm -hmm. it wasn't, for a backpacker, it's not long at all. Right. I'm not right. even putting my waist belt on. It's just like, yeah, slumping down the trail. And you always go, do they make these uh, portages, like, extra rocky? Because sometimes <laughs> you're thinking, how am I going to carry a canoe in this? And then yeah. once you have that canoe on your head, it's like you magically focus and oh, do yeah. it. But so it's, yes, it's not traveling like a backpacker. It's like going, I can make the pancakes. I can bring real bacon. You know, backpackers were just, you know, you got to tote ounce, that load every all Every ounce is, yeah. You're, you, you guys are cutting off the handle of your toothbrush, yeah. right? I'm using a little short one, but, yes, you're going... You're thinking about everything and then yeah. adding in some comfort weight. But canoeing, I was doing the same thing, but going, I can afford to be a little bit heavier because I only have to carry it a short way. It's more about 
figuring out how to do the portage, get your load in the canoe, where's the proper place? You know, like by day two or three, I really had it down. Where's my balance point yep. in this yep. canoe? Um, I like, uh, the, the fun thing for me is the first time I was on a canoe trip years ago, I was just the bow man. Okay. You know, yeah. and it was up here. Yeah, you're went, the motor. Yeah. So I didn't have to do any map reading or find any portages, but as a solo, you got to do it all. And I really like when you find that portage and you're going down going, I don't know. I Doesn't know. look, hey, wait, hey. <laughs> you know, like sometimes they don't look like anything to you right know, on. man, because I was just in that predicament last, what, what's today, Wednesday? Yeah. It was a week ago tomorrow, and we're paddling, and we'd, we'd already done six portages because we got hammered by rain on Wednesday. Did you get portage cocky? And so, so well, I was <laughs> like, I think I know where we are, but yeah. I'm like, I'm a, I'm a, Old school yeah. map and compass guy. I am too. I don't ha- bring the GPS and all that. I, and I was further west, and I had to pull up to an island <laughs> and ask some people at a campsite. I don't. I guess I don't know exactly where we are right now. And they pointed out to me, and sure enough, we were about on the on a pretty big lake on Alpine. We were about a mile west of where I thought we were. Oh, you so were. we had to go around a couple other islands, and oh, there's the portage. There's the I mean, portage. it's easy to get off. I, yeah. I did that on Long Island Lake. I just, suddenly I'm heading north going, this can't be right. Yeah. How did yeah. I miss this? And I had to go all the way back, and you're kind of like going, I was doing so well. I was just doing so well, and I totally blew this one. And then you find it, and it's a little creek. Well, it's a little creek. But, but how many times in modern life are we analog like that and allowed and making mistakes? We just don't those those kind of accidents and mistakes are have been almost totally excised out of modern well, life. When you look at these maps, you know, and it's like for me, I'm stopping to put my peepers on, I'm in the canoe, right? And you yeah, know, and it's uh, yeah. got my compass right there and I'm looking at the map. And of course that's when the wind is blowing you. <laughs> right. Trying to get back or something to film, something to film, and then you're <laughs> you know, it's like, okay, I've got to get back out northeast and then you know, you're looking at some of these places, you gotta zing between these islands and then you know you got to kind of head northeast and you're you're on that trajectory and then you're looking going i don't see how one every could island possibly. looks the same and then every shoreline looks the same but then you see those weird rocks and that thing and then you're kind of paddling in real slow going nobody coming nobody going i can kind of but i'm down to like going i don't lollygag at a portage you yeah. know it's like you know just I want to get there, get over. I don't like sit on the other side going, I want to take a big break here. I always think I'm going to take more breaks, but I'll just, I'll wait and pull to a site that's empty. Same. And, and, that, and, that, and that's, that's bound, that's canoeing etiquette. You right. should, don't clog you, everybody yeah, up. Yeah, clear right? out the, clear out those yeah. portages. Don't stand there and have your snack. Then I have to tell my groups that like, yeah. no, you don't dig out for your raincoat at the portage. Like right. we'll get out on the water and we can open. And we'll stop and, over and cut some summer sausage. Yeah. Carrying summer sausage yeah. and real cheese. That's the other fun. It's like summer sausage. Oh my God. Cheese. I've ne- yeah. I don't think I've ever done a Boundary Waters canoe trip without summer sausage and cheese. And the cheese gets all warm and it greasy. Yeah, I know. And I carried summer sausage on the keck trip because I was going, I'm bringing not the whole big chunk. I'm bringing some, though, because it's yeah. like to stop and have that for a little lunch break, just get the knife and cut off a chunk of summer sausage. You're going, this is life, man. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I, w- I won't bring my stool and I won't bring my little table and a few other things, a couple of my little luxuries I love. I left those behind for summer sausage. <laughs> when you're paddling, do you have a spare paddle in the I do. I bring canoe? the canoe. Okay. I do all the stuff. I have a spare okay. paddle. This time I used 
I went and bought a nice double paddle. Oh. I was watching everybody. Which is yeah, those solo. I've never done a solo canoe, much, but Much I easier. Those, yeah. And this, this North Star Magic that they loaned me, the guy kept going, this is a pretty lively canoe. And I was going, what, what, do, you, what do you mean lively? What's lively? What does lively mean? It means the wind pushes it around? That, and it's just tippy-ish. Oh. Like you said, a lot of people pull it back behind them to get in. I was going, well, not me. <laughs> and I did dump it once when I went out to go fishing because I didn't have any weight in it. And so I kind of went out there in it and just oh, got a lot of tumble I, home. Yeah. And I just did this. Well, let me just see. And I went, whoop. Because one of those gunnels, uh, then the water, man, it comes in fast. Man. <laughs> so then, you know, I, I, and it was kind of good because I had to swim to shore in oh. all my clothes going, my camera. I remember you talking about that. one time I didn't yeah. wrap my camera, so I killed my camera. Oh, it gosh. sort of came back to life, but I had my GoPro. So I'm doing that canoe swim going, this is not as fast as the guy would think, and I'm a good swimmer with, with your boots on and everything, yeah. and the canoe's full of water going, okay, this is good practice. You don't want to do that in October. No, no, I wouldn't want to. And uh, so then I went and just got my food bag and put it in. And, you know, I was, I'm still on the fence about learning to fish. It's just I've not fished so many times that I'm, I get so many comments. I can't believe you're not fishing. How come you're not fishing? I can't believe you're not fishing. How come you're not yeah. wet in a line? I'd be wet in a line. I'm going, I'm filming, not fishing. So I have been fishing, but it makes me tense. My butt just clamps. And all I wanted was a walleye. But I really like fishing best from the uh, from shore, just yeah. right at the – I like that better than going out in the canoe and – yeah, my kid, okay, I showed you a picture before we started recording him. Yeah. My 18-year-old, just turned 18, he'll probably be walking in here from school any minute, but he, as soon as, can, as, soon as his hammock is between trees, yeah. he's got his rods and he's gone. Does he'll, he go get in the canoe and He go? gets in the canoe, and he's going after smallmouth bass, and he probably caught two or three dozen smallies plus some pike. Um, we're not really wall. I think with I think for walleye you got to haul in a bucket of leeches and see that's what I want. I only wanted a walleye. I studied videos on how to clean to eat them because you want to eat one. Yeah, and I yeah. was almost going to get in touch with Bill Shirk and go, uh-huh. Bill, um, if you could just and I've learned this. I had a, I have a good fisherman friend. If you could just tell me like three sort of lures that you would use, and that's like that. I just want to catch a walleye. Right. And you ask a fisherman, well, here's what you got to do. Got to get a Lindy rig, and, you, and I'm going, and suddenly there's like a 17. Lindy, I'm, yeah. I'm going, no, no, no just know. like, the, just pretend I'm like, I, I've never done this, yeah. you know. Yeah. Like, do I want to spin or, yeah, but you got to have a, your lime will twist up. You know, so I learned a lot. So I got three, and I'd kind of go down, I had the fake leech, yeah. the gummy one. Yep, yep, yep. And I just, you know, I just like the casting, and I'm kind of going, please, I hope I don't catch anything, because I don't want to deal with it. <laughs> I just like getting near that water lily. For me, it's more like where I'm putting it. Good cast. You feel good about good the cast. cast. <laughs> and get it on film so I could shut some people up. Uh, okay, see, I, I did it. And then at the end, I was talking about it going, when I'm fishing, I'm just, I'm church. There's the anticipation, but I just thought my watch just clenched. Yeah. Like, just relax. Then the beaver came up, and I had a great beaver moment. Got that all on film, yep. and it saved yep. me from fishing anymore. Uh, you know, and I had my moose moment out there. I saw the moose. So... Yeah, you know, awesome. the canoeing is really fun. It's kind of like when I got into hammocks at first, it reinvigorated my backpacking. Mm, and here's right. what happens when you do YouTube. And I'm sorry for anybody listening. This is a little YouTube truth, which I want to talk about. And I'm watching people on YouTube right now who are making their living on YouTube. Now, you can only camp so much and make a camping or canoe trip look different. It's paddle, 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 pull ashore, set up, get the food out. You know, am I turning my video into a cooking show? Kinda, you know. And you show the food, and I like to show my little candy bar, and then you go to sleep. It's sort of rinse and repeat. So yeah. 
you know, I went through a period of like almost what I thought was putting too many out because I got a little caught up in making the money on YouTube. Oh, and you oh. have to step back from that and go, because I was making myself go take trips when I really want to go. Oh, okay. And that still sort of happens where, you know, people always ask me, when, hey, when are you going out again? And it's kind of like, I, <laughs> you have to please your audience. Like you don't go, you feel like, what are they going to think I'm, I, I'm, something's wrong with me? And it's like, um, I took a minus 31 degree winter trip this past winter. And that was my most fun trip in a long time where it was like truly fun and didn't feel, I don't know what it was about it. It was a, a good solo winter and it was just cracking cold. It was like off Parent Lake. I know the area and you know, out of Snowbank. For some reason, I didn't feel like um, I was having to do it. And sometimes, you know, like I'm already thinking about my next trip and I'm trying to go, don't make yourself do it because, okay, it's been like two and a half weeks since my last one. I want to look like an old loser, you know. And, and this does come yeah, up yeah, when you do yeah. YouTube. It's sure. Just, it can't, it's like with a podcast. If you wait like, oh, six months have gone by, I haven't done one, you're going to start feeling some inner turmoil and people are going, when are you putting out your next uh, Reverend Hunter? You're going after quail or geese or where's your dog? How's your family? You know, it just goes crazy. You know, people are like, stop. The so that you create these blessings and these curses yeah, and you have to yeah. kind of do it. So I'm, I'm dealing with that a little bit. The other funny thing is someone asked me, they go, do you think you could uh, take a camping trip and not film? <laughs> <sighs> and I want to take, I got to say, like in the morning when I get the little camera on the thing and I'm in the hammock and the camera's on, I'm going to try one sometimes where I don't turn the camera on, but I have it to talk to. <laughs> Otherwise, you're just a nut kind of, I don't know where to focus my eyes if I'm just talking. You're talking to this camera and you know you know you sort of pretend in this weird way that the world is in that little lens mm -hmm. watching you but you know you're gonna have to take it home and edit it and play with it but ultimately that's gonna go out but it's not even that's not the thought it's just you turn the camera on and you have this dialogue yeah and the the camera has made me see my trips in in all new ways since I started filming I take time to film things and then I get my regard moment, and I don't know yeah. if we talked about we that when we, we did. did. And the regard moment is kind of my spiritual, wonderful moment where I can take the time to just go, I would have never stopped here and done this moment had it not been for the camera or to film that mushroom. And this is probably somewhere where nobody stops because it's not it's just in the woods, you know. And it's kind of like, hey, good work, big shooter. I know nobody's seeing this part. You might think this isn't some of your finest work. I think it's your finest today, you know. And... uh Sugar's pointing up to the Lord. I, I once had a guy, let me tell you this story. So I was at a bluegrass festival. And, you know, you pick a lot of gospel music yeah. at, at a bluegrass festival. And I like gospel music. It's like Elvis. Elvis loved, not that I'm Elvis, I was just watching things. Elvis loved gospel music, you know. Yes. And black yes. music and blues and those, right. all those, you know, those influences came together. And it's kind of like when you sing gospel, you can't half sing it. You're kind of singing a prayer. Yeah. And these up-tempo, cry holy to the Lord and just jamming. And we're down in this bluegrass festival in Missouri, and after we do a good gospel song, and it was a thunderstorm happening, and I kept looking up doing that thing. That was for you, big shooter. Mm -hmm. And I just sort of say that, right? That's for you. And I'm going over to my truck to, I don't know, eat a banana or something. And this guy was in a jam, you know, man, his shirt was tucked in, his flannel shirt, you know, his belt real tight, a big buckle and everything, and his hat was on real straight and straight brim and had his little dip and, you know, a handgun in his pocket. And <laughs> followed me over and he said, uh, Shug, 
notice you speak a little light about the Lord. And I knew where this was going right yeah, when he said it. Yeah. And I went, well, let me tell you this. And this was me winging an answer. And I said, imagine you two guys are my children, all right? And I'm not the Lord, but I'm dad. So, but playing the part of <laughs> the Lord. Jesus or, or <laughs> God or, or Boo Radley, who I call the Holy Spirit. Uh, the Holy Spirit. And he's looking at Brandon going, hey, so, listen, I need you to make eye contact with me, son. Today, I need you to do your homework, go to school. I need you home on time because you got to put that roof, that tin roof on that carport. Uh, Tony, you know, just uh, carry on, do your thing, you know. I mean, help him if you want, but you've already caught up. Like, you know, you don't talk to all your children the yeah, same way, so yeah. we all have different talks with, with God. And I said, God likes me to go, would you take Jesus out fishing? I know fishing makes you clench, but he likes it. Just don't bring up any world issues, and don't make fun of his Birkenstocks. You know, just like I've always had kind of a funny conversation where yeah, I said, you, yeah. sir, might, it sounds to me like you like fire and brimstone a little bit, a little bit more severe and, and that's how some people like their, their church and their spirituality. Yeah. It's a little bit yeah. more hardcore yeah. and yeah. a little firm, a little firm, you know. And mine is a little bit light. You remember the, you remember the Robert Duvall anyway, movie? Anyway, he took the answer. Yeah, he liked it. He, he, he said, he went this. He said, I never thought about it that way. And I just remember going, whew. Watch the bullet there. Bullet. But then it was like I, <laughs> yeah. I went, that, that's true. Robert Duvall and the Apostle. Remember? And he's upstairs <laughs> screaming and the neighbor calls his mother. And she says, well, sometimes Sonny talks to the Lord, and sometimes he yells at him. That's right. I like it when he took old Billy Bob Thornton out there and just kicked his butt. Oh, man. What a I got to rewatch that. Me too. That's a classic. So anyway, That's you know, classic. in the woods, you, you know, I do get these spiritual, yeah. heavy spiritual moments. And once in a while, I don't, haven't told many people this. I'm not a big prayer, you know. But I will, I've said some prayers in this last few years in the woods out loud. Hmm. Just like sitting in my hammock in the middle of the day, kind of sitting sideways, and just sort of say a prayer, and I've asked for forgiveness, and I've thanked out loud. And Catholics have this thing where we're almost kind of a little bit embarrassed after we pray. That's why we have our little prayers that are already written down. But the, I was free-flowing, you know, where very, I had to tell my, my dead mother, sorry for just winging that, Mom. I know that wasn't <laughs> one of our prayers. I was, yes, I guess going to the Presbyterian Boy Scout troop messed me up. I'm just winging <laughs> prayers now, but i just going, I'm out here, no one's around, and I really want to huh. be honest and say some thanks and then That's also awesome. say I'm some sorries or look after so-and-so. It's usually... Watch over all these people, and at the end, going, hey, if you want to watch over me, that's cool, but I'll, I'll call you if I need you. I'm that kind of friend, but, you know. That's awesome. Just, you can look over at me once in a while, but it's not that I don't need you that much, but I don't need you that much. Don't lurk me and hover me. Other people need you Other more. people need you more than me is what I feel. Yeah. And I, then I go, is that good Christianity? I don't know. You know, like, it should is. I be needing you more? Uh, yeah. and, and just constantly going, I need you to help me make this decision. Where Even in AA, which I'm a part of, I always had trouble sometimes. I don't go to AA meetings anymore, but I've been sober for 36 years. And it's like when people go, let go, let God. And I'm going, you know, he's a little overworked if everybody's going to have this attitude. At a certain point, we got to pick it up and bail with it. And I've been on this tirade and everybody's coming over at the coffee going, hey, you want to go out for more coffee? You seem a little <laughs> agitated. I go, no, I'm just saying my truth. Yeah. You know, like if we yeah. all just go, mom's got it. You know, leave the kitchen a mess. You know, you shave and leave all your little beard hairs. Mom will get it. No, wipe those out yourself. Yeah, you yeah, know? yeah, yeah. So that's a whole nother. No, I, I love it. I, I wonder. Love it, I'm always wondering as a Catholic, we live in guilt. I live a guilt-based life. It's like, is that right or wrong? I don't, uh, I'm not expecting an answer. But don't you think it sounds to me like you've evolved beyond the Catholicism of your youth into some more actualized spirit? 
spirituality. We have a good show. <laughs> the Catholic Church has yeah, a good show. Of course. But I find my true feeling where I actually feel something outside yeah. of the cathedral. You know, yeah. and sometimes, yeah. and I think some of the best parts, and it's probably going to the woods, whether it's canoe or backpack, and, or, you know, cross-country drive, you have reflection time. Yeah. And some people are scared of that. You know, I don't like spending too much time with myself. I, I kind of need to because that's when I'm in life, I tend to be, you know, people sometimes stop and go, you ought to try listening for once. I said, I tried it. Didn't care for it. <laughs> you know, the party got real dull when I wasn't talking, yeah. didn't it? Well, no, we really enjoyed when you were quiet. Well, <laughs> let's there's take that, a poll. There's <laughs> that old story that may be urban legend where somebody asked Mother Teresa, what do you do when you pray? And she said, I sit and listen. Oh, well, what does God say? Oh, nothing. He's also sitting and listening. And that was her prayer. It was So I guess to wrap up, I mean, we could go on and on, and I'll have you on again in a couple more years. This happens every disco- time. We never d- get to discover the- more. But I wonder, Give few people go out alone. You go out alone, mainly alone. Very few of your videos have other people along on your canoe trip okay. with you or whatever. You, you're mainly a solo. People, I, people, it's easier to film. When I, when I say something, oh, I'm, you know, I'm going to do something with sugar. Oh, is he, the, is he that winter camper? I'm like, no, no, no. He's that hammock camper. Right, right. But, but, they, but they know. We the, should do a trip sometime. These, I'd love it. I'd love it. it it's, uh, I'm an, I would love, love to I have to sometime. admit people to go on a trip with them. That's no, what it's come down to. No, like, I get it. You, you, I'm sure you get. I'm sure you get solicitations all the time. I do, from but people. I don't know the people. It's yeah. on YouTube, and then I like Alex and Jonah, but they're kind of busy with their lives. But the tell, basic part is, I'm lazy on a solo trip. It's just well, easier tell me to your go. Pitch. It's more than that. I don't. I don't it's believe like my you. My stuff is kind of packed. I go. I can throw it together. Go. I don't have to go. Can we meet up there? Yes, it's going to be six hours away. Then we all got to. Okay, I get it. Okay, so and solo. Solo excursions are more convenient. They're just convenient. But there's more than that because a lot of people be like, you put that it, you put that convenience in the scale against loneliness. I'll take more people and inconvenience every and time. And there's never loneliness, over loneliness in a solo. My sister and how come? How come? Um, because I I kind of enjoy my own company, and as it sounds weird, because it gives me time to be quiet and mm-hmm. reflect, um, and to to think and to just sit and be quiet, like when I'm just. Sitting, you know, this canoe trip, I found myself just, I go, I can just come here and be. Mm-hmm. You know, I've got my house 97% done with my painting job this summer, you know, so I feel good about being here. I earned it, and I can just sit here, and I keep going, oh, what should I do? I don't want to do anything. I'm just going to sit here, and I'm going to go lay in the hammock. It's like 4.30. You know, it's that long period between yes. when you get to camp and sundown, and you're kind of going, son, I, I just jump from shade to shade. Yeah. I'm, gonna go, I'm just going to go lay in the hammock for a half hour. I might sort of kind of like go into twilight. And then it's like, okay, now I'm going to get up, have a cup of coffee, think what I'm going to have for dinner. I might go down there and cast, you know, move to more shade. But I can just be. There's no sense of urgency right now. I'm at camp. And I fight that. That's a real hard thing for me to really accept and let go but by day four or five i'm really finding it easier just go i can just go plop my butt down and go well okay it's about two and a half hours to the big moment or you're going great it's a cloudy day i don't have that sunset worry no pressure (laughs) you know it's just (laughs) nice and cloudy i'm gonna eat early and crawl in and uh, the, the so the solo if i film with people then i have to turn it all about them 
No, it's just that I have to like, it's that thing of like, if you were on me with a trip, I wouldn't be right on the trip with my camera stuck in your face. Oh. I would walk over here and film myself talking with maybe you guys in the background yeah. and then say, feel free if I'm ever talking and you want to come in and just bust me and jump in, please do. This is not a, it's a YouTube video. So you have to be kind of, I can see if I get the camera out and people just, they were just all talking and then they just freeze up. Yeah. Okay, we're not there yet. And then later you have to go over and go, say, oh, I know you just got a fish room. I'll find something that they have. What's that knife you got? And you could break your way in. But that requires a little bit of finesse and thought. Or if I have to go over and I want to record something, sometimes I just go away to do it. Yeah. You know, so it's a, it adds a dynamic to the walk. Or if I want to stop and film something to tell everybody, you don't have to stop just because I'm stopping to film. Just slow down a little bit and I'll catch you. Yeah, and yeah. you know, then they just stand there, standing there, looking. How long? Does, how long is this going to be? <laughs> <laughs> so if I'm solo, yeah. it's yeah. just this total flow. Yeah, and um, yeah. yeah, and it, it speaks. Sometimes I worry, going, do I not have friends? I have a lot of friends that don't want to camp. Oh, they have no yeah. interest in it. Same, and then, same. I have guys who say I'll never sleep on the ground again no. another day in my life, you know, or whatever. And it's like, well. Yeah, yeah, it sucks. You don't sleep great when you're up there. I mean, I don't. Do you, That's why do you I need camp? to get a camera. Brandon, yeah. yeah. Okay. Brandon's a camper, yeah. So I I uh I need to get into the hammock thing because he's I not sleep. even Mike. He doesn't have a mic. That's why <laughs> I know. He's over there looking, quit asking me stuff, man. Quit asking me stuff. <laughs> Mime is money. Mime is money. Um uh yeah. I I know I I hear where you're coming from, but I also think that not only is the wilderness frightening to people, but being alone is frightening to people. To most people. And that's you and if you're going in the wilderness alone, that's like stepping up to the plate with an 0 and 2 count. And for have some you haven't done an alone trip? No, I have I mean not, well, your not like you. you know, your not like the you. perfect age. Yeah. He and I go out a lot and I I'm guiding trips, but I really have, would have love you, Brandon, have you ever okay. Yeah. You, it's it's it is fun. It's like Oh, you know, fun. Fun's a weird word. Like, you know, I'm thinking I want to go take a trip, but I'm going. Okay, I've done like three solos. For every two or three solos, I'm going. I'd like to just go with somebody. Yeah. Because you know, when when it gets into like I don't have fires a lot. Fires are very social to me. If yeah. I'm just by myself, unless I need the fire, I it's don't. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. <laughs> you know, going. I got to be social with myself. <laughs> you know, I'm just happy to sit and just. I'm just waiting to crawl in the hammock. Yeah. So there's times when you know it's getting to be about. You know, it's eight o'clock. That's when you kind of wish you had somebody to... In fact, I like going when people drink when they go, well, it's about that time, and they pour their little nip. Like, I'm comfortable around drinkers. I don't drink, yeah. you know? I'm like a guy that, you know, I used to rob banks, steal cars, but I did some hard time. Now I just like to watch you do it. I don't hold it against you. <laughs> just don't ask me to come. Yeah. You can do it around me. <laughs> I won't narc you out. And that's kind of how I feel about drinking because I watch people when they have that little shot of whiskey yep. or like my friend Hickory or something, they get the rosy glow because they're not carrying a lot of booze. It's not like they're going to drink a whole fifth. They get that little drink. Yep. They get a little chatty if a, if a guy's kind of yeah, quiet. Yeah. Their he might get a little, little. chatty yeah, yeah. and start telling you stuff about his family going, oh, yeah, that's too far, man. <laughs> that's too far now. Back it off. And uh, But it's it's nice to watch. And I, I, I'm sometimes a little envious of the moment, but I can have a candy bar. Yeah. You know, yeah, I've got my yeah. European candy. Yeah, yeah, we do that. I, that's exactly what we did. And we, uh, on this trip last week, uh, there was uh, one guy who's an AA guy yeah. and maybe 23, 24 years. And um, 
Yeah, he didn't, but he was cool with us. Like we each had a little. I just had a little, little flask, nip. and we had a little nip, and I lit my pipe. And it's that time of night, you know. You're like, it's the time of night right before the mosquitoes descend. I like to have, you know. Yeah. Sometimes I'm, I don't film it anymore, but sometimes on a trip, particularly solo, I go buy a little pack of Al Capone cigars. Mm. You know those little cognac, yeah. and they're a nice little intermission. They don't go too long, yeah. and just to kind of sit and just have a cigar, going, "I'm so naughty," <laughs> <laughs> you know. And I have been filming before it happened. I have to go. I forgot I had that in my hand, you know. And and it's just kind of like. Again, I go back going, you know, in the Native American culture and Athabascan, yeah. in, you know, in, in Alaska and stuff, you bring tobacco to elders. Yes. It's a, so it's always that confusion of, uh, don't even get me started. I, I was joking with people going, I'm bringing smoking back. <laughs> if you just let a Marlboro, you're less likely to pick up a handgun and fire off at somebody going, man, I'd shoot that whole crowd, but you know, I just lit this Marlboro and look the way the cigarettes cost these days going. And people got yeah. together and talked. And what's so bad about it? People aren't dying at, at 20, 21. They're dying when they're 66. But, you know, it's just I can see people at parties come over and go, did you mean that? Because that's so wrong. And I'm going, funny. I kind of mean it. My uncle died of lung cancer, whatever they're going to say. And I'm just yeah. going, I can't, you know. But you you're right. Vaping is not, doesn't have the, uh, the romantic right, it's allure like, of. Yeah. When I came here, Tony made, uh, made us some espressos. And, you know, to me, and it was like when I watched one of James Hoffman's, James Hoffman's videos about espresso in general, this is a great point. Today's coffee culture is get it to go. Mm -hmm. You're getting your big. 16 ounce crappuccino thing with all the goo and foam and stuff and cream and pumpkin and and you know it's work you know you're popping off to work you got your computer out at the coffee shop working and you know you go in most coffee shops going there's a lot of people getting it done here where the espresso bars in the old day we let's say we all worked at different places right yeah and a little espresso bar down we all come in 1220, hey, doppio espresso, por favor. You know, we all get ourselves an espresso, light a cigarette, you light your pipe. We're away from work. We don't have a laptop. This is 1955. We're taking 20 minutes to get That's a right. shot of espresso, have a smoke, talk to each other. Maybe we're networking. Maybe we're just BSing. But you just take a little break. Just take a break. Yeah. No work is getting done. That's and you don't get it to go. You drink it there. You know, you, lean, against, you lean against the bar. And it, you're in, leaning in Italy, against the bar. They don't even have seats. You have to pay extra to go sit at a table. That's right. You just you lean, lean against the bar. You drink your espresso, and then you go back Pow. to work. And, then and you, I was in Istanbul earlier this year, and somebody said to me, "You watch. You won't see a single. Per you will never see somebody walking down the street eating or drinking, right. or in their car. They don't do it. No, it's an American thing. They get their food. They take it home." Then they eat. <laughs> we need those moments yeah. back somehow. And yeah. like camping is sort of a, a, a big moment of that. Yeah, you know, that's right. If, if I think about hobbies I have going, well, I can play the guitar in Manlin and spend three or four hours at it. Short time. But if you're going to go camping, now that's more like a day, two, three, four, five. Like it's a bigger chunk of yeah. immersing yourself. And I never go when people go, did you have fun? I go, I don't know if it's fun. It's rewarding. It's um, satisfying. It's, yep. it's getting, being able to just take that moment of just being. And I know this doesn't sound appropriate. I'm trying to think of a good way to word this, where I go, makes me feel like a man. I don't hunt and fish and stuff. It just makes me feel like a man. Now I just go, it, it, instead of saying that, because people are going, what do you mean by that? That's toxic. I'm going, no, it's, I don't know. I never felt normal. Um, I just say it makes me feel self-reliant. Yeah. I can count on myself, and I, if I'm good, I can be good for others. You call on me, I'll help you. Mm -hmm. you I know? believe it. 
You I know, believe it. You got to call on me. Yeah. You know, sugar, need you to get over here and do something. What? What? I'm having an eye stroke. I remember when Wandering Fool had an eye stroke once. We came out, he's going, he was all pale. He said, I think I'm having an eye stroke. I didn't eat enough breakfast. And I was going, I got to give him one of my Reese cups and just <laughs> sat him down. God, you're going to have to remember this. I'm giving you both of them. You know, we got to get something in you. And, um, I joke with him all the time about that because he wasn't eating enough breakfast. Yeah, you know, how yeah. do you learn otherwise? Yeah, that's right. You know? Well, I believe it. I believe that you're there. I, I think it probably it makes you more self reliant. Makes you, just call it makes you more human. It brings you in touch with your, your humanity. Humanity, and, you know, self reliance. Being retired now, I'm still adjusting to retirement. Yeah, and you know, it's like it is kind of self reliant. You know, it's paint painting my house all summer, painted all my stucco with a four inch brush. Oh, you know, listen to the time. 70s music. Yeah. I just pretended my dad was making me do this. And he goes, son, you're going to paint the stucco one way or the other. Now you can do a poor job, and I'm not going to pay you, and you're going to have to watch me go and touch it up. Or you can do a great job, and I don't have to go touch it up, and I will pay you. Your choice. <laughs> and I go, thanks, Father. <laughs> and then I'd stew on that going, I'd really like to have to do it. But just seeing my dad with the ladder out going to finish my job, I couldn't take it. Yeah. yeah. You know? I mean, I, I couldn't. So I was just pretending that that was my chore. And it was so fun. It was so good. That's going, good. I'm retired. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, I speak for thousands who love watching you. Brandon, too. We watch, love watching your videos. And, well, I love watching you guys and, with your headsets and, <laughs> you know, in these chairs. And your Brandon's. Uh, State you know, Fair is not the same, bro. Yeah. But you know what? I'll Brandon get over it. Brandon could be a mime. He's got a lot of, you know, he can say a lot with some head nods I used in the hand. To, I used to have Brandon with a mic every time, but then he'd never say anything. So now he doesn't even hook the mic up anymore. So here we, here we are. Well, Shug, man, we'll keep watching. And thanks for coming back on the pod. Well, I tell you, it's inspiring when I come do one of these. Because I know the day is going to come when nobody wants me on podcasts not anymore. Not true. Not true. Well, I do like... I almost want to start my own podcast because I love talking about things like not so much religion, but theological ideas or guys like you that write yeah. books on theology uh, in, a, in a broader sense. You know, yeah. there's one time when I asked my priest going, so uh, uh, Father Oscar, you know, now please don't give me this answer that I just have to have faith. That ain't going to cut it. That's like me reading an obituary and goes... Well, they died peacefully surrounded by friends. I need what they died of. Yeah, me too. So I said, me too. so what am I supposed to think about Buddha and Haile Selassie and Shiva? There are these other, yeah. just because I'm Catholic doesn't mean I'm not noticing other people have their own deities. Is it like a panel of deities? Like the world's pretty big and we got sort of God and Jesus and maybe some of Europe. And like, what about um, um, <laughs> in the Santa Claus thing? What about Father Christmas? He's going, slow down, son. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta have faith. That's all I can say. I asked you not to say, but he's going. He said, "I don't know how to answer this yeah. for you." Yeah. He said, "You know, do you believe?" And I said, mm, "I'm going to tell you I do, and then I could just use that in confession next time." I lied to Father Oscar. Please speak <laughs> for my sin. Like I'm, I'm, I will lie on Saturday and and really act up because I know Mom's going to make me go to confession on Sunday. And I can't think of anything I really did wrong or anything that I really want to admit to a man behind a screen. Right. You know. Um, so I'm actually lying in confession, Father. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what you're asking for. Con yeah, so know. I love talking about that because I think as you get older sometimes, you know, you look back and maybe some people know it all young, but, uh, you know, just in life and how it connects to yeah. these passions we have, the camping or going alone or 
any, any world issue, you know, a lovely neighborhood, and I have to look at the world like going, everybody's saying it's such a horrible world, but I drove over here, it's a beautiful neighborhood, we're sitting inside, your 18-year-old hasn't come home from school yet, I'd be highly concerned nervous. if I was you. Um, <laughs> but then people like to force this badness on, and it's yeah. kind of like, all right, go back in time, you know, watch any Netflix movie based in the 60s, assassinations, this, that, racial yeah. equality, yeah. Quality, pollution. It's like it's the same old story over and over and over and over and over, and we live through it, but there are these moments of, like, niceness if you choose... What did I say at a party? I said, I choose to have a good day. Doesn't anybody want to have a good day? <laughs> Don't you just want to have a good day? Like, yeah. secretly go get a Dairy Queen cake and watch, like, five, watch uh, For All Mankind, an astronaut show, and go, <laughs> I'm watching it all day while eating till my teeth go numb. Should I feel guilty? No, I'm 90% done, 7% done with my house. Like, yeah. To me, that's a good day where I can, like, really go to town on something like that and then kind of waller in, in some shame and, and guilt. <laughs> But at the end of the day, going, that was a fun day. I well, ate to my teeth. If you them. did start a podcast, I think people, my, I mean, the, my last episode with you is maybe the most downloaded podcast. I think people want a little more of you than just on, and you're not on any of the other social media. So that all they get is the YouTube. So thanks for coming back on. And, and let me say, I'd love YouTube, to have you, you have to be on camera, you have to be visual, yeah, which yeah, is why yeah. when you can just sit and talk, yeah. this would be stuff like we would do at camp. So I feel like you can go into other areas that when people sit to watch a YouTube thing and you were saying, you know, they only want to watch two minutes, but I'm a podcast listener and I like, you know, I have them on in the background. I listen to all F1 podcasts coming over here. I've got like five Formula One podcasts I listen to. (laughs) Uh, One one of my newest ones right now is Willie Nelson's um, granddaughter, Jalen Nelson. It's called Music is Funny. And they said, well, we're in our... Driving around between gigs, we don't talk about music. We listen to comedians on podcasts, so we just have comedians on to sort of talk about music and comedy. That's cool. And, you know, it's like, it's just a different take. Yeah. And, you know, it eats up 50 minutes. (laughs) Kind of, she has a pleasant voice. Well, thanks for for eating up some time here on the Reverend Hunter podcast. Yeah, how many hours? Did we just do four hours? (laughs) (laughs) There's some editing to be done. (laughs) I always wonder how many guests you get to do this. Mm Mm-hmm. So you took a canoe trip the other. How how'd that go? And did you did you feel spiritual about it? Yeah, yeah, I did. It's good. I try to avoid those kind of guests. You're but not you one mu- of them. Do you get them? Sometimes yeah. there's a little pulling teeth. You've yeah, heard pe- you know I've heard people. Some people. There have been some people on my podcast who, uh, even though they know what this podcast is about, then you get into like let's take it, let's peel away the onion and go a little deeper on the meaning behind this one thing you do that you're known for, and they're like, uh. uh. Don't Let's really keep want it to up talk here. About that. Let's just keep it, sir. I'm not that deep of a. I don't want to expose yeah. that part. So I appreciate you doing that, talking about that, and I think you, you know, your moments of regard. I, I'm sure that's one of people's favorite parts of your videos. So I hope you keep doing that and be a little goofy and maybe put out a Halloween video again this year. I know. I got to. I probably bring back Cappy Coleman because whenever I don't do Cappy, people go, "Where's the, uh, yeah? I like Frankenstein, but uh, where's I really like Cappy Coleman." You know your Halloween videos, and I do. Epic. You know that's to me that's public service. Yeah. Because when what other holiday do you get to go romping up into people's yards, cutting through their gardens? You get some candy. Yeah. You know I get to check them out. They get to check me out, and I always go. I'm putting on a good show for them. Yeah. So when they become those teenagers and they want to go break in some windows and you know stick potato, <laughs> does it? I don't know if kids put potatoes in mufflers anymore, but you should, kids. <laughs> it's good old fashioned fun. And but you know they might go. 
let's leave him alone. He always like gives us, yeah, you know, right. like we'll go to the next, <laughs> go to the next house. house. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> that, I at least believe that. Yeah. Well, thanks. Happy, Thank you. Happy Halloween. Thank early. you. Happy Halloween. <laughs> 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 well, we got to get a woo buddy. 